It is God who shows to the church that we belong to him. After we are born again, we are given the Holy Spirit of God. We are changed into a completely new creature. We don't want to be with the people we were with before. We want to be with Christians. We want to go to church. We want to read the Bible. And as we go to church, go to Bible classes, go to prayer groups, very often God will bring forth through us one of the spiritual gifts, maybe more, one or more of the spiritual gifts. As a new Christian, I attended a small church called Believer's Chapel, a non-denominational church similar to Baptist and Church of Christ doctrine. I also went to a prayer group that met in my neighborhood. In that prayer group one day, the women were all standing there praying, about ten of us. And God said to me as they were praying, look up. When I opened my eyes and looked up, on the wall I saw an outline of a body part that turned out to be a stomach. This was my first encounter with spiritual gifts. When the women quit praying, I gathered enough courage to speak what I had seen. And I said, Does anybody have a stomach problem? And one woman said, I do, I do. And she jumped up and down excitedly. That was my first experience from God with a spiritual gift. During the following years, I had quite a few spiritual gifts. And very often, God would show me a type of open vision, which I saw on a solid wall outlined. I had a friend, a young friend, who had ALS. That's a horrible disease where every part of your body goes paralyzed, one inch at a time. David lived about 600 miles from where I lived in Texas, and I talked with him by telephone. One day, I was sitting in my television room, and on a solid wall, I saw an image of David, and he was on a golf course, and he was jumping up and down saying, this is great, this is great, and he signaled to us and waved to us to come on, join me, this is wonderful. David was totally paralyzed at the time I had this vision. A young man who worked with David and also was a church-going man visited me once 
And I told him about this vision I'd had of David on the golf course. He says, oh, don't you think that means David is going to be healed? And I said, no, David is dying. But his spirit and soul are okay. He's totally okay, is what that open vision shows. About two days later, David died. I wrote out the vision I had of David and sent it to his wife and two children who lived in East Texas, 600 miles from me, and told them that they certainly might like to share this with the church group at the funeral because it showed me that David's spiritual condition was very good. And where he was, he was very happy. And it was wonderful. And he went before us. But he was signaling to us, come on, come on, join me. This is great. Sometimes these spiritual gifts like this, you may have a word of knowledge that shows you something that you don't have any way of knowing. One time Pam Paget was with a group of people and one girl said, oh, you'll never guess where I went yesterday. And Pam said, you went to the cemetery to visit Tommy's grave. Well, they just went on talking and ignored Pam completely. But Pam had a spiritual gift concerning what happened. And by those spiritual gifts, when we share them, others who have the Holy Spirit will rejoice and recognize that God has shown us something. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Paul says to the church, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. God sometimes shows us a scripture and explains it to us, and we share that scripture with the church. We share it with the prayer group. We share it with the Bible class. We share it in small groups. We share it at the grocery store when we meet another person who has the Spirit of God. And that confirms to that person that you are of God and that I am of God when we share those things of God. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, says Paul. Verse 7, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, 
that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not a minister confirming us. It is not, as the Catholics show, some priest baptizing a baby. It is God personally confirming each of us one to the other by the gift of God that God has given us. It could be concerning a person. It could be concerning a specific scripture. But when we share that gift, we recognize each other. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. That spiritual gift that is given to you by God, when you share it, they see that the hand of God is upon you. And they pay attention when they belong to God. Now, a great many people at church don't belong to God. And a great many churches are set up by men, by their own will, by their own doctrines. And there might not even be a born-again person in that church group. So you can't say just the whole church group. Paul speaking of the people who are born again, who have the Spirit of God, who speak things of God as shown to them by God. When you have been born again and you hear from God and you share it with a church group, they recognize you. Not all, but the ones that have the Spirit of God recognize you. I had the great, shall I say, fortune to have an aunt who was a very godly person. And people in the family were afraid of her. They'd say, oh, well, what would artists say about this? She was their standard. They were probably not born again, but she was. And she and I had a very close relationship, even from the time I was a young child. We had the same spirit in us. One time I was visiting with her, and God has taught me, pay attention to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you. I was visiting with my aunt, and I heard these words. Tell your aunt about being taken into heaven. Oh, I didn't want to do that. She was a Church of Christ member. They don't usually share spiritual gifts with each other. But God had taught me, speak the things that I say. And he said, share with your aunt about being taken into heaven. So I said, Aunt Artis, I want to share something with you. When I was born again, 
A few nights after that, in the night while I was asleep, I was taken into heaven. I was with God and I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images. It was a spiritual experience. At that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. A few nights after this happened to me, the exact same thing happened a second time. I was taken into heaven. I was with God. I was with the Holy Spirit. I was with Jesus. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. She didn't react at all like I thought she was going to react. Most people get scared of what you tell them when you tell them something of God. Oh, well, aren't you afraid to say that? Aren't you afraid to do that? Some church people will just stare at you and say nothing. That's what the majority of them do with me. My aunt wasn't at all afraid of what I said. As I spoke to her, I noticed she had sort of a dreamy look on her face. And when I quit speaking, she said, Something like that happened to me once, and it was all golden. She'd had the same experience I'd had. She'd been taken into heaven. From the time I was a young child, we related to each other. I was never afraid of her, ever, not once. And the other people in our family were terrified of Ann Artis. But we were one spirit. And I knew when she told me that she had been taken into heaven once also. I knew we were that one spirit. On January 10th, 1980, in the night I was sleeping, I was awakened by a very loud voice speaking three words into my ear. It was like a trumpet speaking, and it woke me, and I jumped out of bed. And the three words spoken to me were these words. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I quickly wrote the letters KWJS on a notepad beside my bed. I didn't want to get those letters mixed up because I felt they were call letters to either radio or television. It turned out to be a radio station in the Dallas area where I lived. I said to God, Are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And immediately, the Holy Spirit gave me these instructions. Call the radio station manager. So that same morning, I called radio station KWJS and asked 
to speak to the station manager. He came on the phone immediately. I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we'll offer you a contract. So that morning, I got my tape recorder and the kitchen timer and made a tape, 29 and a half minutes long, and took it to the post office and mailed it that same day to the radio station manager. Within three to five days, I was broadcasting on radio station KWJS speaking exhortations to the church. I did that for the next four years approximately. God put me on one radio station after another, and at the end of the first year, God gave me a plan called, which I call Purchase a City. For a $1,000 offering, a person could choose a city for me to go on radio. The $1,000 would pay for the first month of broadcast in most cases. It would put me on the radio, and I had learned that after I was on the radio for six weeks or so, people began to give money, and that paid for the broadcast. So the radio programs just exploded. One woman put me on radio in Washington, D.C. Somebody put me on radio in Detroit, New York City, all across the United States. There were about 15 big radio stations that they put me on radio. Now, remembering back to January 10th, where I had the dream Hartford, Seattle, KWJS, the heart for Seattle came to pass in that I was on radio from New York City, which covered the Hartford, Connecticut area, all the way to Seattle with stations in between, starting with KWJS. These are ways God works with those that he has called to be ministers. During the time I was on the radio, I came across a young woman in the radio audience. Um, she, she actually wasn't exactly radio audience. She heard my last broadcast when I was on radio, and she contacted me. And I would send her writings that I did for the radio audience. She was a computer programmer at FedEx. In the year 2012, when God showed me in a dream to start a blog, she's the person I thought of to help me with this project because she was a computer programmer. So I contacted her, and she said, well, I think I could set up a blog, but I've never done that. Within three days, the blog was set up, and we were publishing writings all over the world on that blog. Later, she set up podcast, which God told me to start a podcast. 
And then I wrote books on Amazon, and she did all the technical work on those books. I didn't actually know her face-to-face, but I'd worked with her by phone, and we'd set up all these ministry programs, which she did the work for. And I had an opportunity to observe her. And what I observed in her was... She talked directly to God when there was a problem and heard from him. And then she resolved the problem by what God had told her to do. Now, most people, if they talk to me face to face, they would want to ask me what to do about the problem. But she didn't. She went to God. Later, when I fell and had to be taken to the hospital and was approaching hip surgery from a broken broken bone. A nurse came in to the room the night before surgery. She said, we have got to have from you the name of the person who will be in charge of you in case you can't answer for yourself. And I said, oh, that'll be Pam Padgett. She's in charge of me. There was another church woman standing there in the room at the time, and she was shocked. She said, how can Pam Padgett do that? She lives 450 miles away. How can she be in charge of you? I said, I don't know how she can be in charge of me, but she is in charge of me. Why? Because I had seen what she did when there was a problem. I had evidence of her being connected to God, turning to God, getting answers from God, following God by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, this is how you know the church, the real church. They are individuals who follow the Spirit of God. They have the Holy Spirit. They follow the Spirit of God. And you have an opportunity to see they're different from the other church people who just ask the pastor what to do. They actually hear from God. And that's the kind of person that I want to be around. Please look at the writing that's attached to this podcast because it has all of the scriptures on the subject of spiritual gifts. You can consider each of these gifts for yourself. Just consider it carefully. For these are gifts God gives to the church so we can function today. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you.